welcome to the Nourished Soul podcast, where we talk about all things body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Ritter. Another great episode. I hope you enjoy this one. I really enjoyed talking with my colleague, Michael Rutherford. He is a nutritional therapist too, and um, a health coach too. I have taken Michael's blood chemistry course, and it's really a fantastic course. So he's always very helpful in our nutritional therapy community. Anytime any of us clinicians have questions about things or whatever, we can put it out to the community. And Michael is very helpful and very quick to offer some advice or some I guess, recommendations for us are serious in in a direction. And he's really, really great at thyroid health and digestive stuff, fatigue. These are some of his areas of expertise, not just the blood chemistry piece, but also some of these other things. So, and he talks about his own issues with IBS for 20 years and just extreme fatigue. And then more recently, some of his mold issues um, and so we talk a lot about health in general and about being a nutritional therapist, but also specifically about mold illness and how do we make sure that we're doing all the things that we can do if we need to heal from mold illness. Um, so Michael is the founder of Fundamental Wellness And you can check him out. I'll put all the information in the show notes of how to get in touch with him. And if you're interested, if you're a therapist um, or if you're a functional um, health coach or any uh, nutritional therapist, I highly recommend his blood chemistry course. Um, I think he even has an advanced course. He talks about that too. I just took the 101 and thought it was fantastic. It's been very helpful for me and my work. So you can check that out. And as we begin talking in this episode, we started, as you'll see, it goes right to, because I re- we were talking and I realized I should probably hit record. But Michael is the reason that I tried cod liver because Michael was talking a lot about it in our community and I thought I needed to check it out. So I love cod liver and not cod liver oil, actual cod liver. And so we're beginning the episode talking about that. So if you haven't tried cod liver, you might want to give it a shot. All right. So thank you for being here. As always, so grateful for all of our listeners. Certainly grateful for the feedback and any comments that you all have. You can reach out to me directly if you've got some feedback. I'm always open and happy to have that. And if you are enjoying this podcast. It is really wonderful when people subscribe to the podcast. It's actually very helpful for us. And um, the feedback is very helpful. And also getting, getting subscribers and leaving a review of the episode or of the podcast. All of that is very, very, very helpful. So thank you all to the people who have done that. And if you haven't already, if you are willing to do that, that would be very helpful. And I'm just grateful for all of you. I'm grateful for this show. It's almost been one year. So I'm really thankful that I've gotten to do this show. Every single episode is a lot of fun for me. So yeah, so happy healing. And um, I hope that 2023 is treating you really, really well so far. You got me on the cod liver. I mean, just the play in the can cod livers. Nobody in my family will touch them. (laughs) So they're all mine. Um, I love them. I'm like, you know, I'm sort of a little afraid of like zombie, the zombies taking over the world. And I'm like, I'll be fine because nobody's going to want to eat these cod livers out of the can that I keep. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I got introduced to them probably five or six years ago now through a trucker which yeah. was he was a long haul trucker which is always hilarious people these are always good conversation starters with like health practitioners and stuff because i used to work with long haul truck drivers yes. my dad's been in the industry for um, probably 40 years 
And so he's been, he started as a trucker. He got out of the army. He did his three years in the army, got out and he went into trucking and he has been involved in the business ever since in some way, shape or form. And most of that now is just educating them on business, how to run their business more efficiently and better. But he's also over the last probably seven or eight years also introduced health into that aspect because it's such an important piece. And so we actually had this guy, he was just driving around and he, he had been in like an Eastern European market mm-hmm. and, and he found them because that's where they're super common. We have the cod up there. And so they're super common. That's a normal food for them, especially Russians love cod livers and they eat them regularly. And, he, and so he's like, Hey, like canned seafood. We talked about it all the time being on the road that like canned salmon and sardines are great. And so he calls one time and he's like, well, what about canned cod livers? I'm like, I got to check these out. So it's, you can't even find a U.S. database on nutri- for their nutrition profile. You have to find the European one. Yeah. So then, like, I finally found that. And these things are loaded. It is amazing. I was like, these things are great. It's like, I, I ordered, like, a case off of Amazon. I was like, I got to try these things. Uh-huh. And then I've got a good friend. She's from Russia. She's like, oh, yeah, we eat them all the time. She's like, every year, my mom sends me, like, a couple cases from Russia. I'm like, send me some. I want those ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they're fantastic. And I, I spread them around to everyone I can. <laughs> yeah, I tried. Yeah, most people are gagging. Um, but I also eat sardines out of the can all the time. Yeah. Um, I tell people the cod livers are super mild. Is If you can get past looking at them because they look like wet yeah. cat food. Yeah, they look they, gross. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can get past that, they're super mild. I always tell people if you like tuna salad, Mm-hmm. To just make a tuna salad and put a can of cod liver in there, sure, and just to eat it with the tuna salad, and you don't even notice it. Yeah, that oh yeah, that's a great. I mean, that's what I tell people too. They yep. <laughs> a lot of it. They're like, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. So I know I wanted to talk to you about mold because we got to talk about. I just okay, but I'm like, oh, but I've got Michael on. We should be talking about thyroid, and we should be talking about these other things that you're so good at. All these different things but I gotta know how you got into uh, nutrition becoming a nutritional therapist I mean yeah so it kind of goes back to my dad yeah <laughs> yeah because I know you worked with truck drivers yeah. but I didn't so, know mm-hmm. realistically I grew up my whole life kind of interested I was always an athlete in high school and starting in, at like second grade I started in soccer then as I got into mm-hmm. middle school I also did wrestling and I got really competitive into wrestling and as I came to high school I did wrestling and weightlifting which are both weight-based sports so always being curious just about my body and my weight and those things just naturally had me interested in just being an athlete and wanting to perform better. I was always curious about just being healthier in general, but I also grew up with IBS from the time I was like eight or nine years old. And okay. so I had always, and I had tried all the conventional things and nothing worked. And so by the time, before I even graduated high school, I was like, this is just how my body is. This is how it's going to be that there's nothing that fixes this. And so went through, I had, you know, I had horrible knee pain. I was working, you know, 60 hour work weeks in restaurants all day long, five, six, seven days a week, long days, way too much ibuprofen, way too much caffeine, way too much sugar. Um, and so my, my, I have twin boys and they were about four yeah. to six months old at the time. And I was over at my dad's for dinner and he was just, he had made it his own goal as he had, you know, gotten into his fifties to read the 50 newest books on health and nutrition that had come out. And this was around 2014, 2015 that he had started. So that meant like all of the big paleo books and a lot of the book, big books that we think of now as like the, like grandfathers of like this paleo functional alternative medicine movement were, had come out in like the early 2010s. And so those were all the books that he was reading. And he was like, what? <laughs> like, this is completely different from the last 50 years I have spent my life and what I've learned. Right. And so he was just sharing some of it with me. And, and so I was like, this is just like, it makes sense. Like eating a paleo diet logically just makes sense because that's all we yes. had access to for the vast majority of time. Right. Correct. So it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's try this. It wasn't to alleviate any issues. It was just like, hey, that just sounds like it makes sense. Let's just try it to be healthy. And all of a sudden, I didn't have an IBS issue for like four weeks. I couldn't go four days without some sort of issue with my IBS. And all of a sudden, it had been four weeks without an issue. And my, I was taking like half the amount of ibuprofen. I wasn't drinking caffeine in the evenings anymore. Like I just had my morning coffee. And it was like all these changes. I was like, holy cow. Like, 
first of all, I, I've gone 20 some years with IBS <laughs> like, and like every other day, basically. And it's like, now it's just like, I've gone four weeks with nothing. I was like, there's something to this and I need to figure out what it is because I've never been told any of this. Right. And so we're like, like seven and a half, eight years into just learning everything I can that is alternative medicine and all that. So, you know, I went through the primal health coach program, which yeah. comes from Mark Sisson and primal blueprint and primal kitchen, that whole kind of world. Um, Mm-hmm. then went through the NTA. Mm-hmm. And from there, I have done, I I, I have probably done about $20,000 worth of other continuing es- yeah. education programs since then of just this course and that course. And I've taken probably three courses on blood chemistry. I've taken probably four on mold. Um, I've done organic acids and stool tests, mm-hmm. you know, programs and just like, what else can I take? And, and it's, for me, it's take, take it, apply it, learn it, move to the next. And since I usually, I'll take like multiple different courses within a certain area. So like, I'll take multiple blood chemistry courses, learn blood chemistry, love it. And it's like, okay, I got this. Now I grasp this. Now I move on. And that's, that's the mistake I see a lot of practitioners making is they go and just do, they go one blood chemistry course, one stool test course, one Dutch test. And they do, they do all those and they never apply any of them. And they just keep learning, thinking they need more. That's like, no, 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 learn it, understand it, it, use it. Mm-hmm. then when you feel comfortable move on to the next one yeah that makes a lot of sense to me um well and I love your blood chemistry foundational course um I mean I was telling you before we hit record I just wanted to understand my son my youngest son has had a lot of health issues and so that's why I started learning about mold I start and I was like I need to understand these blood markers a little bit better I look at you know, thyroid, vitamin D, I know some basics. I've always had the sense that, that the normal range of the blood mark is just nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm a four foot 11 chick in her fifties. How many people do they put in the studies to figure out what the normal range is that looks that like, like you? <laughs> that like, right? like, and that's all of us, right? I was just like, they're always yeah. like, oh no, your thyroid's fine. You're fine. Cause it's in with, and I was like, I'm telling y'all I'm not fine. So the same thing with him. So that's why I signed up for your course. And I just love, like, you're really good though. I mean, for you to just be that, you must've always been a very curious person, mm-hmm. but you take it all the way through. And I think you're right. A lot of people are grasping here and there and they don't take some, they don't thread it all the way through to practice and start utilizing it um, for a bit and then move to the next thing. Um, I might be a little guilty of that, but my background's in clinical mental health. And I was just finding it frustrating in, in that world because there's so much is related to gut health and our mental health. And we're just not, we're not trained that way. No. So, you know, after 20 something years, I was like, I really like the nutrition piece. So that was, I took a whoop turn. And I think before I found really where I am now, I was grasping a little bit. And maybe that's what other practitioners are doing. They have to find their area and then like dig in. So I know that was a lot to like dump out there, but. Well, just from the, you know, kind of clinical psychology backgrounds, there's a ton of that as to why Mm -hmm. they do all the different learning. It's just that imposter syndrome right? Of, I don't know enough. I'm not enough. And so I have to learn more. I have to know more before I am good enough to help people. And one of my favorite people to follow, she's, she's now transitioned. She's had a really successful six-figure um, coaching business for several years. And she's transitioning into business coaching for health practitioners now because mm-hmm. she keeps getting so many questions like, how did you do it? How did you do it? How did you do it? Victoria? And, no. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Eleni. Her name's Eleni. Eleni. Okay. Um, so she's one of my favorite things that she talks about is like, you don't have to know everything. You just have to, you just have to be one step ahead of whoever you're helping. That's really it. You just have to help them get to the next step. If nothing else, you don't have to master everything. It's like, sure. There are people out there who know more than you and it's okay because they're probably like, for me, I don't work with standard, like people coming from a standard American diet, typically. Most of my clients are the complex cases who have already done the foundational work. They've made the dietary changes. They've done the lifestyle changes. They've done some gut testing and different testing and protocols. And it hasn't quite fixed the issues yet. And they're like, I like what's missing. Why isn't this working yet? And it's like, those are the ones I get. 
So it's like, yeah, I have to know more to be able to help them. I've got to know some of those complex things. But it's like, if I was working with a standard American person that was just coming from a standard American diet, hadn't made any changes, how I approach that person would be vastly different. I wouldn't need all of those tools and knowledge and things. It's like, hey, we can start with the basics here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I tend to get um, people that have already gone a pretty far road, too. So. But I, what I, have you always been that confident in what you go at? Because I think <laughs> I was like, you know, I really feel like maybe you're just born that way. But um, there's definitely just some natural confidence as well. And so it's, and some of that has come, I mean, even, but even still, like I, you know, I'm in a, I'm mentoring under someone right now and we were going through like some case studies of mine and just like, okay, so here's kind of, here's the profile and here's what I ended up doing. And he's like, honestly, like pretty good. It's like, here's an adjustment here, an adjustment there. But he's like, really, you did pretty well. And I'm like, yes, like I, like, it's so good for me as confident as I typically am to have that validation for someone that I look up to. Cause it's like, Hey, like, did I do everything that I could have for this person? Right. Right. Yeah, I get it. And you have a brother that's, I think, I've. don't you have a brother? I mean, I do, but not in this space. Okay, not in the nutrition no. space. No. Is he in the trucking space? No, so it was funny. I actually just had a great, like, two-hour lunch with him yesterday. He's been in, he's in, he's in completely different. He's in heating and air. Um, but he's been doing that. He was in, well, that's funny because I followed after him. He was in restaurants for probably the first 10 years. Um, his knee pain, his knee pain, just he had some surgeries when he was younger from accidents. His knee pain just got so bad. He couldn't work in them anymore. So he just had to get off of the floor since so he ended up getting into heating and air. But he actually just moved and has now gone into opening his own business doing that. And so him and I just like sat down and had just like a nice long chat. It was just about like all things, taxes and business and <laughs> nice. awesome things like that. So that was cool. It was also cool because okay. he's my older brother. So to be able to, to like be the younger brother, helping him with that stuff is, is a cool feeling. That is cool. Well, you've had an amazing year. And, and it has, and- I've had an, an amazing two years. It's, it's yeah. really been incredible. And congratulations on your marriage. Yeah. Because you got engaged and married and. Yep. Yeah. So okay. we got engaged back in February and then we were married in August. Awesome. Yeah. It looks like just a very happy time, a very happy year for you. Yeah. Business is good. Personal life is good. We just need to buy a home now. That's all we're, that's all we're looking for right now. That's, that's the 2023 goal. So well, I'm sure that that will happen for you. (laughs) I have no doubt that that will happen, but that kind of brings me to the mold talk because you were living in a situation. (laughs) Yeah. So you're looking for a home that doesn't have mold. Um, because you've already realized you had some issues. And I think that's what I really wanted to talk to you about too, because I was going through your kind of your checklist of, of things to look out for if you've got mold illness. Um, well, first of all, the symptoms were like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's really important for people to know, because I think a lot of people have those symptoms, but don't realize that there's mold related to those. They don't know what's happening. And then the other thing I was like, yep. Yeah. Okay. Get out of the mold situation. Retrain your limbic system. You've got to have support yes. for your nervous system. A lot of people don't know that. But then you said, um, you know, supporting mast cells. And I was like, uh oh, I don't think I know how to do that. I'm going to have to ask Michael how to do that. So I thought we could talk about like your story, kind of how, and I know you work with people that have got mold illness too. So, yeah. So, I mean, even just doing the limbic system can be a huge help for the mast cells. And that is a huge thing. Okay. And, and not just for, for mold, for anyone dealing with yeah. some chronic issues, yep. especially whether it's mold or not, if you feel like you were just not making progress, you've tried different things that should work and they're not working yep. and working with practitioners is you really have to start looking at the nervous system and limbic system and, and some good programs for that. I guess too, if you're not super sensitive to like changes and supplements or if they're when you're sensitive, you know that you're sensitive, right? And it's it's not like, oh, emotionally you're sensitive. Sometimes they are, but like right. sensitive to these protocols and changes where you have to go slow. If you are, then Gupta is the better program, which is G-U-P-T-A. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, You can do both of these online, which is fantastic. You go, you purchase these programs and their trainings that you do online. Um, The other one is DNRS. That one tends to be not so great for people who are more sensitive. It tends to be a bit too much. Mm -hmm. Um, 
My wife does Gupta. <laughs> I could do either. <laughs> she's she's like, oh, we're going with Gupta. And so a lot of the clients I work with, I tend to push towards that one. And if we're going, both of them are good, but it's like, if you're like, I'm not sure if I am, go with Gupta so that we don't cause a problem. It's always kind of like the safety net to go to. They're both great. But yeah. It's like, if you don't know if you're sensitive and maybe you are, Gupta is going to be the better option. If you know you're sensitive, definitely go. If you if you can take like handfuls of supplements and and change things up and you don't feel a whole a lot of difference, DNRS is probably going to be just fine. Uh, right. <laughs> that's me. I can. It's like most supplements. I'm like, sure. I think I noticed a difference. Um, right. You're pretty hardy. That's why I was sort of yeah. surprised to see your results from the toxins. Oh yeah. My, if you look at my mold panel, it is a mess. Yeah, they are very high level. Now, and, and I, I talked to the good friend of mine who's a functional MD. He's like, here's the good news about that. He's like, you've probably got a decent amount of like mold colonization in you, but the good news is your body's getting rid of it. Right. Right. So you, because what we're measuring in those urine tests is excretion. And so it's really important. It's good that I do have high levels because that means like those pathways are open and my body is pushing those toxins out. Oh, so I'm just sitting here thinking somebody could actually have low levels in their urine test, but and actually still have mold toxicity. Feeling yes. pretty horrible because they're not actually getting rid of it. Yep. Okay. And so there's a lot yeah. of things that can, with like sensitive clients and things like right. that, that we can do before to kind of start opening those pathways up before we do the test to mm -hmm. see, especially if we know there's mold, known mold exposure. Like we knew you lived in a moldy home for two years and you do a urine test and it doesn't show up. My guess is that you're not excreting, not that you don't have the issue. If we look at symptoms, we look at exposure, we look at those things, we look at timelines. Right. That's And that's where I, you know, one of the things I always talk about, especially in my mastery courses, or just, we just finished up the last call. One of the things that's really always, I think on this day, you know, so often we want to hone on this one marker or this one test. It's like, it's never this. It's like, what if this is this? It's like, okay, well, what about this marker and that marker? Like, what's the whole picture? Right. What's the whole picture of the blood labs? Do you have other labs? What's their symptomology? Like we still have, we have to step back and look at this person as a whole. What does it all say? Because no marker, no test is perfect. Right. It's always should be seen and viewed as the context of the person as a whole. Perfect. I love it. And I love that you am really kind of excited now too, to see the abnormal normals. So mm -hmm. looking at when somebody is in the normal range, but they're actually having symptoms, you can see what well, I'm beginning to be able to see now yeah. <laughs> why that might be. And I'm like, first thing I look for is dehydration. Yeah. Next thing I look for is low HDL. I mean, like low stomach acid. So like I'm learning a lot of things from you about where to look at the whole picture. I think I've always been pretty good at seeing things holistically, just sort of naturally. Mm -hmm. um, so that that can come in kind of handy. But when people are coming in with symptoms, what makes you think, if you don't know it's mold, what makes you think, what kind of symptoms would people have? So big one for me is mm -hmm. someone who we don't think has blood sugar issues, right? So again, a lot of people come to me already on a pretty good whole food diet. So we're not expecting blood sugar to be a major problem, but they're waking up often multiple times during the night yep. to urinate and then they go right back to sleep. So like stress and blood sugar issues, you wake up and now you're stuck and it takes 30, 45 minutes, an hour, two hours to go back to sleep, right? Your mind is racing, you have issues going back to sleep. Can still be mold. But what's a really telltale sign is you wake up multiple times to urinate and you often urinate during the day, all day long, even like maybe you're using electrolytes, but you're drinking water and you just don't retain it. One of the things that mold can do is deplete a hormone called your ADH, which is your anti-diuretic hormone. Now, this is an anti-diuretic hormone. So right. it's right, to so hold we, the water in. <laughs> exactly. So if we have a good amount of that, it holds the water in. If we don't have any of that hormone, we basically have a diuretic defect all the time. So we're constantly losing water. That's me. My morning drink is a 32 ounce mason jar with like five different electrolytes in it. Yes, I've seen like your electrolyte blitz. Yeah. And so it is because I hold and so it's like I don't hold on to those minerals very well. And we can see that. So like on the blood test for that albumin marker. Uh -huh. my albumin's never under five, like ever. Doesn't matter how hard I focus on hydration. That thing, like, it's like the best I've had is 4.9 in the last like four years. Mm -hmm. And it's after I started implementing that, like just 
whole mess of <laughs> electrolyte cocktail. That's what I have to do just to be, you know, even halfway decent. Ideally that, and like, that's still too high, but it's because my body doesn't hold on to that. I, you know, now I'm taking melatonin now, which has been a huge help, but it was like, I was waking up multiple times a night on average, two to two to four times a night to go to the bathroom. See, I'd wake up, go to the bathroom and go right back to sleep. Okay. So it's not that somebody's waking up multiple times, but they actually have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. That's usually the big side is the okay. waking up with having to go to the bathroom. And that's usually what wakes them up because they're, and it's the same thing. Like I just throughout the day I'm drinking and I'm constantly urinating because my body just doesn't hold onto it very well mm -hmm. with kids. Yeah. Wetting the bed. Okay. So kids who are potty trained and then all of a sudden they're still having issues wetting the bed because they don't, that they don't get that signal as well. Right. Okay. Like they don't realize like, Hey, I'm waking up and I have to go to the bathroom. And so they're like kind of tossing and turning and they end up wetting the bed. Got it. Okay. And so, so that can be a mold issue with kids. Right. And what are some of the other mold? So symptoms, um, a lot of people don't even know how to explain some of the mold specific symptoms. So when they hear it, they're like, yes, that. So for me, I had no idea how to explain it. As a practitioner, I had no idea how to explain it other than like, it almost felt like acute gout attacks, like really short gout attacks. Like they were pain, like, shooting pain, like deep shooting pain. But it would last two to five seconds, usually. Okay. Like a super, ne never really more than 10 seconds. They're called ice pick pains. Yep. This is pretty specific to mold. Sometimes Bartonella, which is like a Lyme co-infection. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's usually mold. And it's because of how mold can affect the nerves. And it can be anywhere. And that was, it was like, it'd be my toe. It'd be my hand. It'd be like above my knee. And it just like all out of nowhere, I'm like sitting on the couch. My wife and I are like cuddling on the couch and all of a sudden I'm just like, ow, like, and it's just like out of nowhere. And she's like, what happened? Like, we're just laying here. What did I do? <laughs> and it's just like, nope. And I just like rub it out and then it's gone after a few seconds, but it <laughs> is incredibly annoying. Yeah. Um, the other one, I'm incredibly thankful. I don't deal with this, which just makes it really hard for me to describe because again, there are these weird sensations. So I, you do the best that I can based off of others experience, but it's like internal trembling and it, yeah. it, it it's like you're driving in a vehicle, mm -hmm. but you could just be sitting here and that right. like vibration, vibration. Mm -hmm. and that can literally be like, but inside your yep. body, it almost feels like that. Right. Um, Another one is like skin crawling sensations. Yeah. I literally like, I, I've been so self-conscious and I like sit in church that like the people behind me probably think that I'm like cracked out and like, you're, like wiggling. And like, so I'm literally like, I'm just always like scratching myself and it's like, oh, nope. Now I got one over here and now I've got one here. And I know like, I was like, I, I wasn't always like this. Like, this is just, I don't know when this started, but man, like it's it, it's just like this all the time kind of thing and so that again like that it feels like something is just kind of like it's a different itch it's not like a normal kind of itch that you might get it just feels like something is almost like on your skin and you're just like oh like I have right yeah now, <laughs> now I'm, that I've been doing it now I'm bringing attention anyway. into it right. and it's getting worse um so those those are some right. big like really common like usually somewhat specific to to mold not a whole lot of other things can affect that thankfully i have noticed specifically for me at least the ice pick pains seem to go away as long as i keep on things like alpha lipoic acid it has been amazing for me a few hundred milligrams a day of that i ran out um a couple weeks ago i forgot to order it and i ran out and they came back and i was like oh, and I said, now i've been on it again for the last week or two and they like never happen. I'm like, okay, cool. And the, the key for me is that I know ALA is used for diabetic neuropathy. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Even in allopathic medicine, they they use that for diabetic neuropathy. So I'm like, well, let's give it a try because it's the nerves. And so thankfully it's been helping so far. Um, those are some big ones. Mast cell activation syndrome. Yes. So that's what I started learning yeah. because so it can actually majority... feel like almost a shock in your system. Like, yeah. um, and more actual getting shocked. Yeah, like static. Electrical static mm -hmm. shocks. Okay, so yeah, the mast cell activation syndrome really sent me down a major rabbit hole because I was like, this could be so many people that mm -hmm. have, you get turned away by every doctor thing because they have no idea what's No, and there's no, there's no good lab test for it. There's no just good lab test. We I don't know. have any good functional allopathic mm -hmm. blood. It doesn't matter. We don't have a great test 
mm-hmm. for for mast cell activation syndrome. So it's a lot of symptomology, and right. a huge chunk of those are mold. A huge, the, the vast majority of people with mast cell activation, it's mold driving it. Right, and they Sometimes go Lyme, right? Could be Lyme. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. But most so, of it, yes, going to be. And mold. so often, Lyme gets reinstated by mold. Mold right. tends to be like the big one that allow that. Like when you look at like EBV, you look at mast cell, yep. you look at Lyme. A lot of that takes place because so we look at how many people have been bit by ticks. So then the amount of people that actually deal with chronic Lyme is vastly different because a lot. Same with EBV. Ninety-five percent of adults in the U.S. have EBV, EBV. in their body. Correct. Mm-hmm. But only maybe you know five to ten percent actually deal with chronic EBV symptoms. Now. It's getting much worse over the last three years because something that's been happening over the last three years has caused a lot of issues with these dormant infections because it is this big cytokine storm on the immune system. It's now bringing out a lot. We've seen huge spikes in EBV, in Lyme, in co-infections, in mold. And it's just like, I don't think it's just awareness. It is, I've had so many people, like I did on a discovery call and what happens is they felt okay. They were doing okay. They had fixed a lot of health issues and then they got that thing. Yep. And then, and then it just downhill, like that's, just. Yep. That's my yep. son, 17 yep. year old, just unbelievable. And so of course they call it long COVID because yep. they have no idea yep. what to and do. Most with of it. And we have studies looking at, there was a study looking at, um, that with, with long haulers and EBV and reactivated EBV and like 65% of yeah. long haulers had at reactivated EBV. Right. So now I'm like, no one can help here that I've found. No. So I'm like, all right. So I've been studying hard to try and help him. So I'm a huge fan of red light mm-hmm. therapy. Um, I started using it myself because, you know, you buy these panels for yep. hundreds of dollars and you're like, if he's not going to use it, I'm using it. And <laughs> I was like, my energy went through the roof. My sleep Mm -hmm. improved and I was already a good sleeper. I was like, this is amazing. So we're doing all of these things to try and help. But what is, if you're still in the mold situation, that's a problem. And so, um, you know, we're in that whole process of of figuring it out. And I don't think it's here. It's possible it's in a girlfriend's house Mm. or <laughs> where he spends an enormous amount of time. Um, he doesn't spend time at home. No. He's a 17 year old with a girlfriend. He does not spend time at home. That's correct. So, as much as he can, he is not here. So, it's, um, but we haven't been able to figure it out. But I'm just thinking, like, for people that are like, oh my gosh, I've had all this stuff. I've been doing all the right things, but I still feel awful. Um, this is, what we're talking about like the it could be mold it could be something else but the way out of it the way to find your way out of it where would you recommend people even start yeah so for me for example i knew i was in a moldy home it was visible at the time i just wasn't financially in a space where i could even think of getting out of there it just wasn't possible. I was renting. And when I brought it up to the landlord, it was a private landlord. So it wasn't like a big office. It was just private, which makes it even a 50-50 shot of either it they're great or they're really cheap. And I was I was in this camp. Um, and so they literally like the owner sent their father over who did all that like housework and he basically painted over it. Right. And I'm like, that's not how you get rid of all. Correct. <laughs> but I'm like, okay. Um, I'm like, obviously this isn't, this just is what it is and we're not going to get anywhere. And so I was like, all right, so I'm just, I'm stuck in it. And so there are things that you could do. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you just can't heal while you're in it. And it's like, true. You're not going to get all the way better. And you can still do things, right? There are still things that you can do. You can minimize that exposure. You can, you can do things like keeping your windows open as much as possible because, it's toxic. It's it's toxicity, right? And with toxicity, if you look at the study of toxicology, the biggest thing they talk about is poison makes it, or the dose makes the poison. Correct. Right. So it's like oxygen at a high enough concentration is poisonous, right? Mm-hmm. Water at a high enough, like if you drink enough pure water, you right. die. You have right. a heart attack because you run out of electrolytes. Correct. And so it's like the the dose makes the poison. And so by opening the air, by opening the windows, we dilute the air. So we get less mold spores per breath and things like that, right? 
it's like yeah. we can wash area wash things the linens and things like that so like our bedding we can wash more often we can clean our shower curtain more often which tends to get that mm-hmm. we can so there are things that we can do if you have a front-loading washer if you can get rid of a front-loading washer that's fantastic those things are terrible that rim is super super bad for getting mold but Top-loading washers aren't immune to it either. So just having good cleans and things like that. Um, dishwashers, that's another one. A lot of people don't. I I'm so, I am so bad. I had no idea you're supposed to like clean your filter in your dishwasher like every mm-hmm. couple months. That thing is, if you've never done it, I want you to go do it at the time of listening to this. Yeah. Like pause this and go look and YouTube yeah. how to clean dishwasher filter and then do it and you, it's gross. It's gross. <laughs> yeah. So if yeah. you haven't been doing it, you're welcome. <laughs> And I run vinegar through the mm-hmm. wash machine, through yep. the, and I use vinegar all around, like just to keep that stuff all clean. Yep. And that out, that seems to help a little bit, or at least in my head, it's helping. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, you know, those things. And then, like, you know, what are we putting in our laundry? You know, how are we cleaning our laundry? So, because again, what we're wearing, that's going to have a huge, uh, you know, a huge result in cloth and linen, things like that is definitely susceptible to mold spores. So using a solution called EC3, huh. um, okay. they have a laundry additive, they have household sprays to be able to clean with. So using those things, if you just like Google EC3, EC3. additive or laundry additive or anything like that, or EC3 mold, it'll come up, you'll find their website. They've oh. got a couple of different things. So using that for your laundry. Um, using that for when you're cleaning and things like that to just start killing some of those mold spores so it doesn't continue, that can help, right? So we're not going to get rid of everything, right. but it can help. It's like, do what you can until you can change that circumstance. Open up your drainage and detox pathways so that again, just like my body, it's like, hey, yeah, there are high levels, but at least you're getting it out of your system, right? Mm-hmm. So it's right. not continuing to build. And specifically, how are you doing that? Like- do you do sauna? Are you doing? Yeah. So it's, you know, supporting lymphatics. It's important, you know, supporting kidney and liver. So staying hydrated, you know, minimizing other toxic exposures, you know, like alcohol, cigarettes, all the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, if you're a woman looking at your cosmetics, any of those different things, anything we're putting on our body, especially things that stay on our body, like cosmetics are going to be a huge deal. So looking at that any way we can reduce we're in, you know, scented candle season. So what kind of candles are you using? Right. right? Like those are going to be big things. Um, if you, this is a new, I'm super excited. I wish I remember the, the name of this company. Um, we just got a new essential oil diffuser because yeah. if you've ever diffused oils and had an essential oil diffuser, those things, yeah. suck at grow. they grow mold really well. Right. Um, so this one doesn't use water. They, mm. it distills directly from the, you actually connect the bottle to the thing itself and it diffuses directly from the bottle without water so that it How doesn't cool is that yeah. all right yeah you'll have so, to show me that so i can add it yeah so the last <laughs> thing you need is if you've already got mold is diffusing mold into the air diffusing those spores into the air as that vapor comes up pulls those mold spores into your nose which are already you know hopefully into your nose if you're breathing that way right. which right. is already where we're getting people. so much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's another big area that when people are dealing with mold illness as they're going through the protocols they don't think about the nose which is where most of that your first exposure to that mold is if it's in the air is hopefully again if your nose breathing through your nose and it colonizes there and we don't deal with that so even and that can be something that you can take care of like and you can support while you're still in mold to minimize it so I like to use um, Argentin 23. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a silver spray. It's a hydrosol versus like the colloidal silver. I'm not a big fan of the colloidal silver because it can be too, you can get toxicity from it easier yeah. because the particles are too big. The t- Argent- Argentin 23 uses a different formula and it's a hydrosol. The particles are smaller and toxicity isn't really an issue. Great. But silver is a super great anti like everything. True. And so it can really help break up the biofilms and things like that. Otherwise you can also use B-propolis sprays. So they have the B propolis sprays that you can use in your nose as well. And that's mm-hmm. also amazing against that as well. So that way, again, yeah. we're keeping that from just really housing and colonizing. Yeah. And the reason it's so bad is one, you're breathing it, but all of that, all of your sinus drip, where does that go? Oh yeah. The back of your throat into your gut. Yeah. And then it colonizes in your gut. And that's mm-hmm. how we get that mold in our gut. And then that colonizes. And so then you move out out of the mold and you're like okay i'm fine and then you're not you still feel like junk because mold has colonized in your body so it's like you're still living in it 
Yeah. So at that point, would you recommend binders? Are you using binders? Yeah. So there's a lot of steps. So it's like, we have to support those mast cells. We've got to start stabilizing those mast cells. We've got to stabilize the, the, the nervous system, which is really like step one, because that's going to allow everything else to actually work. If your limbic system is like an absolute mess, everything else you do is not going to work very effectively. Correct. So it's like, get that rested first. Begin. It doesn't have to be yeah. perfect, but start working on that as step one. Start getting that right. body to calm down, work on mast cells, and then it's working on bowels. Bowels are like step two. You have oh, to yeah. have daily bowel movements, right? We've got to have that movement. The last thing we want to do is start other detox while the bowels are still terrible. Mm-hmm. So we've got to work on those bowels. So that because if we're eliminating those through the valves, through the liver, through the gallbladder, and the bile into the valves, yep. and we're not and we're constipated and we're not going every day, we reabsorb those toxins. Yep. And now we've got a whole new problem. So right. it's always ensuring that the bowels are moving all the time, every day, good, healthy bowels. Right. And mm-hmm. then it's like if we've got those things in place, then we can start opening up the pathways. I don't even get to like binders. It's like, hey, let's support the like um the lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. So we can use herbs, we can use movement, we can use exercise, rebounding, dry brushing, any of those things that start moving the lymphatics because the lymphatic system is how your body detoxes right. from your cells to your liver. Right? So it has to, the cells, it comes out of the cells, often using glutathione to move it out mm-hmm. of the cell through GGT on that blood test. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so it's using that, it pulls that, that toxin out and then that's going to go into the lymphatic system to deliver that to the liver where now we can move that out. So we have to move, we've got to get that lymphatic system supported first. Now it's like, okay, we're there. Now we support that liver and kidney. So we're hydrating, right? We're using herbs and proteins and vitamins to help support that as well as eating fat. Everyone always forgets about eating fat when we talk about detox. But we primarily detox through our bile, which is in our liver. And we stimulate the release of bile through ingesting fat. Right. So if we don't eat enough fat, we don't, we don't signal the bile to be released. And those toxins build up in our gallbladder. And then we get gallstones and we get gall sludge. And then we have to have our gallbladder removed. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we've got to eat fat to get all that process moving. So we got to have all that happening. And then it's like, yeah, now we're using binders. We're bringing binders. And when we do, binders can naturally be constipating. So again, always keep an eye. Are those bowels, did those moving. negatively shift? Are mm-hmm. they still moving? Just keeping that. It's like GI detox is a super common binder that a lot of people like. One of the reasons why it works so well is they also put aloe leaf in there. Uh-huh. To help. So, poop. <laughs> yeah, so we keep those things moving. It's very calming to the digestive system and stimulating to make sure that keeps moving because we know that binders can be constipating. Yes. It's like, those are like kind of the key areas that we're working on, but it's like when we measure the specific mycotoxins, we can see what pathways are they being detoxed through. Different mycotoxins get detoxed in different pathways in the liver. There uh-huh. are about six of those different pathways in the liver, and everyone always jumps to glutathione, mm-hmm. and it's not actually the most common. And people are like, oh, you've got mold, you need glutathione. It's like, maybe, maybe not. What you might actually need is calcium deglucurate. That's f- the glucuronidation pathway is far more common from the majority of mycotoxins than, than the know. glutathione pathway. I didn't so know something that. like mm-hmm. calcium deglucurate is going to do far better for most people as just a general broad, you know, sense for helping to detox these uh, mycotoxins than glutathione will necessarily. And a lot of people just aren't ready for glutathione. The big signal that you have mast cell issues is if you take glutathione and feel like crap. Right. If glutathione makes you feel worse. You likely have mast cell issues because glutathione comes into the cell and pulls that toxin. It binds to the toxin inside the cell and then moves outside of the cell. Now, when right. we do that, anytime we pull toxins out and we're mobilizing them, mm-hmm. well, they're toxins and your body's like, hey, alert, we need to deal with this. And guess what it uses? Deal with it. Histamines and mast cells. Right. And so if you, if your mast cells are already an issue and you've already got excess amounts of mast cell activation, you've already got excess histamines, and now you pull more toxins out, now you get this big flare. Super reaction. Yep. So a big sign that can happen is you take glutathione and you feel like junk. It's like, Mm -hmm. and you can take glutathione and feel good and still have mold issues. But if you take it and you have issues, it's a big sign that we definitely have some mast cell issues. And that's a big sign that we might have mold issues. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I also, I mean, just from a quantum perspective, I think a lot of people go straight to detox. I got to detox yeah. and you cannot, because you have to, I call it redox before you detox. Yeah. 
And that in our world, that's what we talk about, but you've got to build the body up and you've got to be able to be hydrated, not just hydrated. You got to be cellularly hydrated. And so you've got to support your mitochondrial health. You got to support all of these things. And I think people, it's a slower kind of process, but you're going to feel a whole lot better if you go in that route than if you just hit the detox, you're going to feel awful and it's just going to backfire. Or people are like, oh yeah, I was living in a, like I've had so many clients who came to me and it didn't work because what they tried to do is they're like, oh yeah, I was living in this moldy place. I moved out and I took charcoal for like three months. And then I was like, I started feeling better maybe. Or they're like, you know, I just thought, you know, maybe it was done. And then they're still not feeling better. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to cut. (laughs) We're going to need to do more than that. And it is, it's so many steps and those steps need to be done in the right process. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's essentially, we need to go through it like an assembly line. And if you try and skip the first four steps, you know, let's say we're trying to build a car and you're, you've, you know, you don't put the frame on before you try and put a door on, like it's not going to work. Right. Right. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, we need to go through this process and steps. And it's why we just need to be doing this with a practitioner. I just highly recommend, even for myself, my family, like I have a practitioner that I Mm -hmm. kind of talk to and discuss like, Hey, you know, what are you saying? I might be missing this, even though I work on this with other people. Like, what am I missing? Cause it's so close to home. Like, mm-hmm. can you just kind of take a second peek at this? Oh yeah. Cause when it's that close to home, you know, cause there's you all the, yep. yeah, you miss things. And it's also, there's emotion all wrapped up in there and it, it's just so much harder. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also mindful of our time. So I'm, I'm like super grateful that you're taking the time to talk about all these things because I think this is not really talked about and people have these issues and they have a hard time finding help. And so just trying to, even just knowing that they need to take it slower step-by-step kind of process and be supported is helpful. What else do you feel like is really in help? Really what people, they need to work with a practitioner get that kind of support what else yeah so the number one the number one thing is if you suspect that you have mold whether it and you don't know or not and most people think oh my house isn't moldy because i clean right and it looks clean and there's no obvious right, no. it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be obvious it doesn't have to be this obvious like black growth down there or this right. obvious water stain coming down on your walls right is you'd be surprised at how a lot of it isn't visible to your standard eye it's in your hvac system it's in your right. duct work right and so and that was something i was just talking with my brother yesterday about because again that's something that he does oh, yeah. Like yeah to for actually for a referral system for him as he grows his business is i actually connected him with a mold remediator here in our Perfect. county because it's like, if he comes across an HVAC system that is just so far beyond and just needs replaced, like, Hey, look, you, you know, we've got this issue. I don't do HVAC system. I do mold remediation, but I know a guy who does it. And so it's like having that referral system. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like, it may be in areas that you have no idea about. And so getting a proper mold inspection, which the vast majority out there don't know how to do properly. So the number one group that I recommend is it's a super easy website. It's yesweinspect.com. Um, so super easy. You go there. They've got, they have so many different websites and they're all like really easy and great. They have different handouts and they all end up going back, but it's like they've created, they've bought and created all these different URLs. I think their business model is fantastic. Um, but they'll set up like a free discovery call with you to start walking you through that process of how the inspection should be, getting you connected with people, getting that process going so that you can get a proper inspection and testing done Yeah. to see like, is my home an issue? Is my car an issue? Is my office an issue? Any of those common things that you might be in. If you're in an office eight hours a day, five days a week, mm-hmm. it's an area that should be tested. If it, you know, and it, if you're probably gonna have to do it out of pocket and then approach and say, Hey, like, this is an issue. If it comes up, if it's your home, you know, same thing. If, if you rent, you're going to have to do your landlord's not going to pay it for it. You're going to have to do it out of pocket to get it tested, but then you might be able to approach them and say, Hey, like, this is an issue. Um, it's always difficult with renting because very, for often, if it's not super obvious, you always run the risk that they're just going to boot you. And like, it's easier to let you out of the lease and just put someone back in there than actually fix the problem, Um, which is always a tough thing. Now, the good news is you can just move. Um, 
That's why. It's easier than when you own the home and you're Selling like, well, now it, I either yeah. have to sell it or yeah. fix it. And neither one of those is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, or cheap, right? Yeah, or cheap. <laughs> or cheap. You're very right. Right. And so it's like, that becomes more difficult. So it's like for us, like that's, you know, it's why I have a mold inspector in my pocket right now, ready to go. Yeah. So that when we're looking for homes, we can have that done. Like, right. hey, and, and now it, whether it's moldy or it's like, I don't care if it's, if it's a house we love and it's moldy, it's cool. Just dock the price and I'll go fix it myself. Cause I want it done properly. I don't want them to fix it. I want to fix it. Just right. I'll pay you less. <laughs> I'll save you the hassle. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's gotta be, you know, as best as possible. Step number one, um, if, if you're unsure, because if you're like, well, it was a previous exposure, but I'm not sure. Um, and I don't think it's here and it ends up being here. Then it's like, man, you, you could spend six months trying to do all the things and it didn't make the progress because you're still in the mold. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we didn't think mm-hmm. at all that we had an issue here. Um, but we had a test and we spent, you know, probably $400 to get and have the guy come out, run some samples um, and look and see. And it wasn't, which we were thankful for, but it's like, I don't want to, you know, spend all this money, go through this process and all this time if we're still living in mold in this home. Right. Um, right. So definitely yeah. looking at those things. Um, that's yeah. step number one. Um, otherwise, working with a practitioner, starting the limbic, and, and again, the limbic training could be for could do anyone. It anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and whether yeah. you have mold issues, you've got SIBO, you've got other things going on. Like it can be so so helpful, especially if you do. If you feel like you're some some major signs are like if you feel like you're reactive, oftentimes mm-hmm. short tempered, quick. Your your mood like mood mm-hmm. swings and things back and forth. You're just you scare easily. Um, it's just signs that your just nervous system is like just on edge, Shock. right? And, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just shocking. You're just like, you're jumpy. Um, it's just like, I, I don't know how it's so funny. We always, you know, jokes that I literally like just can't approach my wife if she's in the bathroom getting ready. Cause it doesn't matter if I just stand there, just wait for her to spot me. If I, if I come in, I'm like, Hey, it doesn't matter. Yeah, anything, all of it's going to scare Like, how do I do? Should I text you for <laughs> Yeah. Like, like make a bunch um, of noise coming down. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And so it's like, you know, if those are kind of those things, that's a really big sign that you're going to really, you know, improve from that. If you have, if you have a history of physical or emotional trauma, so it could be car accidents, right? It could be major injuries. It could just be, you know, all sorts of list of emotional trauma, obviously is very long. Yeah. Um, any of those, your body can be stuck in that. Right. And so those yep. can be signs that you really benefit from that. And sometimes just by doing that, your symptoms improve like 80%. It is incredible sometimes where that's literally mm-hmm. your issue. It's not actually the gut. It's not actually this right. or that. It's really just your nervous system. Yeah. And that's why nothing agree. else is working. I 100% agree. And if that doesn't, if you're eating crappy food, you probably want to go ahead and fix that while you're at it. Yeah. Yeah, because um, that's not going to be helpful to people in their whole process if they're still eating crap. No, and putting a lot of toxic stuff in and on our bodies. I like. I really appreciated you talking about that too. I don't think people realize what's in all of the products they use and the candles that they and all of the things. Yeah. Um. So. Car air fresheners. Oh. And, and, the other thing is if you feel like your home needs those because it kind of has an off musty <laughs> smell. Yeah, you're probably looking at some mold. Yeah, there's that it's That's not a- just an old home. <laughs> uh it's yeah. you've probably it is it may be an old home and maybe that's why it has even more growth but it likely again is you actually probably have some mold overgrowth and that's why and I've been in homes where it's like I'm like yeah, that's why. I can feel uh, it. Yeah. 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 Some of us are like canaries. You throw us in there yep. and you're like, uh, I'm getting hives. So there's clearly yep. something toxic. And that's, so and that's a good, that's a kind of a good segue and kind of, you know, a different thing is there's kind of, I kind of split people into three different categories when we look at mold. Um, okay. I am thankfully in the least problematic, but my wife is in the most problematic. Uh-huh. So like our symptoms are very different. Like I, it as much of an issue with mold that I have in my body, it hasn't affected me nearly to the extent that it's affected her. Um, so you've got, you could just have micro, uh, I guess technically I'm not in category one. You could just have mycotoxins in your body. 
Uh-huh. So you you don't have mold colonized. You've had exposure to the mycotoxin. So mold produces mold itself isn't toxic. Toxic right. mold is kind of a misnomer. The mold itself isn't toxic. It right. produces toxins. Right. And so we call those mycotoxins. Myco meaning fungal, basically. Uh huh. Which is what a mold is. And so they produce these mycotoxins. So you could be in a moldy area, and those mycotoxins get in, and they get into your system. And those are there, but you never actually get the mold spores colonizing in your body. So you just have mycotoxins. That's a small percentage. It's most people who have mold issues have mold colonized in their body, but you might be lucky and you might just have the colonization and that could affect you to different degrees, but that's what you've got. You just have the mycotoxins. Now the middle category is the, probably the majority of people where you've got colonization and you have obviously then the mycotoxins because yeah. those mold spores colonized in you are going to release. That's most people, about 80% dealing with mold illness will have colonized mold spores in them, usually uh-huh. in their digestive tract, also in their nose. Um, the people who are like, they are complete mess. They're like the poster children for mold issues mm-hmm. is because they're also allergic to mold. Right. So those are the people, like you said, they go into a moldy building within 15 minutes. They have headaches, they have hives, they have all sorts of issues like popping up. I can go in a moldy building. I'm like, yeah, it smells musty, but it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not getting symptoms from it other than it's like, well, this is kind of gross and I don't really want to be in here. And right. I'm not thinking like, I'm just getting more and more exposure, but I'm not like, I don't have obvious symptoms from that exposure. It was like, my wife's in there within 10, 15 minutes. She's like, I gotta go. Like, I can't, like, I can't breathe I, in here. I can't, like, mm-hmm. I can't breathe. Like I'm getting headaches. She's getting migraines. And it's yep. like though, and that makes it so bad because if you have col- yeah, if you have mold colonized in your system, yeah, and you're allergic to mold, yeah. you're essentially at that point you're allergic to yourself. Right, it's in you, you're never away from. That's why you feel so right. terrible all, all the, time. the time. Yeah, because you're, you're mm-hmm. basically just you're, and that's where mast cell activation syndrome starts popping in because your mm-hmm. immune system is just on high alert, high alert, twenty four seven. Well, and, and autoimmune stuff and so, can start so to often pop you get up stuck then. In that. Yeah. Because autoimmune, because now your body's yeah, exactly just overreacting, histamine reactions. You feel like you're allergic yep. to absolutely everything. That's me. Um, that was me. Yep. I'm getting better and better every day, which is amazing. But um, yep, that your wife and I could hang out in the <laughs> same places for the same amount of time. <laughs> like we gotta go. This is, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, but that makes sense to me. Those three different camps. I, I put people in three camps a lot, actually. It seems like- It usually tends to, that's like right? a magic number. Like, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, but there's a few, you know. So that's funny that we're- camping. And the reality is you could have mold allergies and not mold illness. So always organizing that. It's like, just because you go in those buildings and start to get hit doesn't mean you have mold illness. Right. Right. But it's like, you could just have a mold allergy. And so that's right. the technically like a four subsect. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, so it's like, I also don't want people freaking out that it's like, like, oh, I, every time I go to build, and it's like, now they think that they do. You may not, you might just have the mold allergy. And you can still, you can, whatever is going on, you can still feel amazing and have, yeah. and heal. I think that, yeah. so whatever is going on, whatever camp you're in yeah. or some subset of it, if you're an outlier, you can still work on yourself, work on your health and feel, you can get to the place where you feel great. And yeah. I think that I did not think I would ever get there personally. And so I'm super grateful. and and trying to help other people realize that they don't stop. If you still feel crappy most of the time, you just, you're not there yet. We're not, we haven't figured it out. Yeah. Two things there. If you are stuck in that negative thought process all the time, not just about your health, but you notice about everything, Gupta and DNRS, that's a huge sign that you need that. That's a, that becomes a huge side effect of those, especially for like, man, I wasn't always like this. I wasn't always such a negative person right and all of a sudden you've realized Mm -hmm. you have that is often that comes from that nervous system and limbic system being thrown off and those trainings can be super helpful and make again like i'm not myself anymore at least so often what people come to me is like i am not me and that's where doctors are like here's an antidepressant it's like no No. (laughs) that's not going to fix i don't want to be numb i still want to feel (laughs) i just don't want to feel just negative all the time it's getting out, out of that um and the, uh, just the last piece on that is feeling like, you know, I'm never going to get out of this. And again, some of that, it's, re- it's not just your fault. Those negative thoughts aren't your fault. It's, it's how your nervous system is now set and, and responding. And so doing that training is super helpful, but also just to start putting the conscious thought of like giving up at this, but you've probably put years and who knows how much money and effort into it. 
don't stop now. Right. Right. There's you by stopping now, all of it was a waste. Mm. Right. And so it's, it's that illustration of the guy that's mining for diamonds. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but he's mining for diamonds. He's got, he's like underground and he's got a pickaxe and he, there's two guys and there's like, there's a tunnel up here and this guy's in it and he stops and turns around and he's an inch away from a whole batch of diamonds and he gives up and the other guy is underneath him and gets all the diamonds because he never gave up and it's like you could be it's, you could be that one step that one person that one thing away it's like don't stop now you've, you've spent all of that time why give up now yeah my dad used to say never 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 give up yeah. um so change just, what you're doing try yeah, different things yeah, but yeah. don't give up right, don't, don't just keep doing the same thing over and over we know what that means <laughs> right that's but crazy don't making. give up yeah, yeah no don't give up yeah and I think, um, yeah, that's the message of hope. So for you, what really, what nourishes your soul? Because um, you give a lot to other people. I know you're working on your own health journey too, but what really seems to nourish your soul? So many things. I don't know. I, it's, it's funny because we talked about just me being kind of like naturally confident. I think one, mm-hmm. I'm just incredibly blessed to have a naturally positive approach and just attitude in general um most people around me find it just ridiculous and just annoying at certain times my wife included (laughs) she's she's just like it's too much um but I, I don't know I've just I've always kind of been that way it's just like there's just a a how my brain is wired I don't think it's any one thing that I've ever necessarily done I literally just think some of that just does come down to genetics at a certain point of like I am just wired in a way to it definitely wasn't my childhood I can tell you that (laughs) there's plenty of that went wrong there okay (laughs) it is not like oh I had a good no it's like parents divorced at four one lived in Florida one lived in Washington very like yeah so there's plenty that went wrong there um but it was, it, there was still, it's just, and I've, but I was always a positive, even as a kid, I was still positive in a lot of different ways and it's just stayed. And now it's like, at this point, it's like, why not be like to me, it's so hard. It, and it's, I have to remind myself, it's like, it's not that easy for everyone else. It comes very easy to me. Um, so that's it. My faith obviously is a huge piece of that, that brings just a lot of just, again, hope and, and all of that. It's like, Hey, like, it's Okay it's going to be fine. Like whether or not this is like, whether or not this life is perfect, like there's still more. Mm. And so it's reality. This is like, it isn't going to be perfect. We look around the last three years have told us that, Uh, (laughs) but it's like, even in the midst of it and also just turning off the news. I don't know what's going on in the world. Most of the time. I don't know, but unless it, unless I happen to see it because other people share about it in their story or it pops up in a real, like, I don't know about it happening. And I am 100% okay with that. I have let go of the kind of social morality ideal that we have to know all the different bad things going on in the world so that we can fight for all the different bad things going on in the world. Because None of those people, 99% of those people aren't actually fighting for anything other than like making sure they post about it. Right. It doesn't go beyond that. And it's like, talk about needing to reset your like nervous and limbic system because of what you're taking in through that. My life is so much happier because I don't read the news. I don't watch the news. I don't listen to the news. Yeah. I have my role and the things that I focus on and my mission. And that's what I worry about. Mm -hmm. And it, I know there's a lot of sad things going on and I pray for the world as a whole. I don't need to pray for each and every single individual problem to be able to pray for the world. So it's like, I pray for the world just as a whole. And it's like, I, it's, it's not that I don't want to say that I can't make an impact. It's like, I have to first preserve. It's it's like putting on your own your mask oxygen first. mask first, right? right? Exactly. It's like you have to preserve yourself first. I have to be able to take, especially as the sole breadwinner in my family, like I have to be able to take care of myself so that my business can operate so that I can support my family before anything else. Right. And my clients. If I'm not, if I'm not able to support myself, exactly. I can't support my clients. Yeah. And then, and, I may, and then my purpose yeah. is gone. Right. Exactly. I think by minding our own business and doing what we can to take care of ourselves and our own business is helping the world. Because if you're constantly being, I mean, just think about when we start, we're talking about mold too, like when there's something sucking the life out of you um, and your light can't shine, how's that helpful for anybody? 
So, um, yeah, I had to quit watching the news after I had kids because I noticed my anxiety oh, yeah. was going through the roof and I, I was already anxious and I just couldn't. And so yeah. it was one thing I'm glad I gave up because it yeah. doesn't bother me to not, I figure somebody will tell me. If, if it's need, that bad. Yeah. If we need to, yeah. you know, do something, move, get out of the way, yeah. um, then somebody will Some, tell me. Someone will scream duck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I agree. So I really love talking to you. I appreciate you taking time to talk to me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Nurse Soul Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you are enjoying the podcast, we would love it if you would rate the podcast and leave a comment. That is very helpful. And if you haven't already, if you would subscribe, that is also very helpful. And I greatly appreciate you being here and, and also subscribing. If you are interested in learning more about quantum healing, I am doing nutritional therapy still, nutritional therapy and quantum health coaching. I do that one-on-one -on -one and I also have a class. It's a workshop for you to build your own pro-healing plan. So you may be somebody who's already done a lot of healing. Um, and so you're just wondering about what you might do to have even more optimal health or somebody that might be, you might be somebody that's struggling with a health issue. And either way, these are, these workshops are designed for you to really see the practical kind of applications of the quantum techniques that you can incorporate in your daily routine. It is also about nutrition, but mostly about using our light, the mitochondria, circadian rhythms, and then also, of course, food. We usually have time to talk a little bit about movement and, of course, the soul how to nourish our souls. And there is time for a Q&A in that workshop. So if you are interested, I would love to have you join one of the workshops. I also have a pro healing diet ebook that is now available on my website. So all of that information can be found at nourished-soul.com. So you can check it out and keep in touch. And thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate you.